0: this is bishop michael curry and you're listening to the way of love in this episode we're talking about the practice we call pray dwell intentionally with god each day may the way open before you may you see beyond darkness and light to the
1: love
2: Welcome back to The Way of Love, a podcast from the Episcopal Church about following Jesus and changing the world. I'm Sandy Milieng, and I'm here with Kyle Oliver. Kyle, so what is the topic for today's episode?
1: Yes, Sandy. Just to remind everybody, uh, so we start getting these in our head the seven way of love practices are turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, rest. And uh, today uh, we are talking about that uh, third one in the list pray.
2: Yes, and today we've got a special treat for you all because in our interview with Bishop Curry, he told an interesting story about an online spiritual experience, and we were able to track down the person he shared that experience with.
1: That's right. Uh, We're going to be talking to Katie Churchwell who is a priest in Florida who's been putting a new digital spin on prayer. And she also happens to be an old friend of mine. So I'm especially excited.
2: Well, before we do that, we asked Bishop Curry to tell us a little bit about his own prayer life. And just a heads up about terminology, he's going to mention various prayer services of the church, sometimes called offices. And just so you know, Compline is the office for before bed, and it happens to be one of my favorites.
0: You know, my prayer. life, it, it, I have to admit, it, it's a mix. Um, I mean, I, I, I read the morning and evening prayer daily. Um, well, actually, what I do is morning and either evening prayer or compline. Mm-hmm. It depends on my day. Like the day we're taping this right now, at the yep. time when I would be doing evening prayer, so I know I'll do compline later on. <laughs> so that's. But I do two offices a day, mm-hmm. and so and that's good. And the nice thing about that is, I mean, there are times when it does kind of force me to read parts of the Bible that I wouldn't gravitate to automatically. I mean, there are parts that I do gravitate to more naturally. And so it forces me to kind of listen to things that I might not listen to. So that, that's a good thing. And that's a, a good routine and practice that kind of puts me in a place of paying attention to God. It really does. With that, though, what I've started doing and some years ago now is an extended prayer time over scripture, whatever the passage happened to be. And sometimes I use the scripture that's a sign that day. But sometimes, like in some seasons, I'll be reading. I'm reading Hebrews right now, actually. Mm -hmm. I'll be doing Hebrews. And so I'll just kind of read a section of that and listen, a sort of a modified form of centering prayer, kind of zero down on what was the word, what word stood out. And then just kind of sit with that word for a while and let whatever comes, comes, and then come out of that. And then Finish the rest of the office. Mm-hmm. So, so that's so I do that. And then on other days, I mean, sometimes it's the same days, but on other days, I'll I'll take my prayer list. I usually, again, I do this in the morning. I do my prayer extended prayer time in the morning, um, and I keep a prayer list on my iPhone. And um, and sometimes I I just pray for people by name um, and whatever it was specific. If there if there was something specific we're praying about. Other times I'll go through the list and I will try to remember. The, see the person's face or see them and it's almost like trying to imagine what it kind of would be like for God to see them huh. I mean I know that I can't but I mean that has turned into a kind of meditation time that I never I kind of stumbled into that accidentally just with my prayer list Th- those two things have moved me more in the direction of meditation which means it takes more time, <laughs> but that's okay, and that's why I do it in the morning before stuff gets going.
1: Yeah, yeah. But in both of those, it, it sounds like you're inviting yourself to sort of focus on on like details, details in the scripture, and details, uh-huh. uh, you know, of, of what this person looks like. What do you What do you think that sort of hmm.
0: does for you as a as a prayer? It brings them to and the scripture, but it brings it to more to fuller consciousness, there's an awareness. It slows me down enough to pay attention to them and not just check off the box.
2: Take a minute to reflect on some ways you spend time with God. Is there a time of day that works well for you? How might you slow down enough to listen to what's happening in your life or in the world?
1: change for you when um, when circumstances of your life have changed y-
0: yes and no um, I-, I can tell it was interesting this um, when I had prostate surgery this summer past and um, you know, meaning you're coming out of anesthesia, you're not very—so I mean, you sort of depend on the prayer of other people. I mean, if you pray, it could be very Ezekiel-like and apocalyptic and strange <laughs> and weird dreams. Um, but once I got home, and was still on some medication, um, I wasn't fully reading. I mean, I would try to kind of read, and then I kind of like nod off, and so that, that didn't work. And I went on Facebook, and there's the um, a young priest um, in Florida has pop-up prayer. Oh, yeah. And, Katie you know, Crawford. Yeah. Katie, right. yeah. Right. Katie Churchwell. Katie right. Churchwell, yeah. And so I stumbled onto her, and so I started listening to her, and she kind of became my evening prayer. I mean, mm-hmm. I would just, and it was wonderful because she would talk about prayer and talk about things and that kind of, and I said, okay, this is my, all right, this is evening prayer. And so for that, for a period of time, pop-up um, prayer. Prayer was my evening prayer um, because she could do what I couldn't do.
1: How do you know when it's time to make change, or, or you know? I'm, I'm just really curious about what that process looks like of how of how these practices sort of evolve in us.
0: You know, I, part of it I know for me, and and in conversations I've had over the years with spiritual directors, um, th- that there's something okay about routine being routine, but there's something unokay about Routine becoming routine and becoming routinized, and when the routine has no meaning. And there is a point at which you know that. And I don't want to, and I try not to be too hasty with spiritual directors, say, don't rush to that decision because the boredom may be something important for you at that moment. Living that, it's okay. Everything doesn't have to be stimulating, mm-hmm. everything doesn't have to be exciting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And sometimes that's okay. But there are, is a point where you kind of begin to realize, okay, I'm not being fed, and this has been going on for a period of time, so maybe I need to change it up a little. Just doesn't have to be a big thing, something. And that's why having a spiritual director, a spiritual companion, somebody you talk to about your prayer life and that kind of life, about the inner life, is helpful because, at least for me, for extroverts, I think out loud. So (laughs) I'll talk at this, so talking to somebody else actually helps me to think out loud, and then they're gonna hear something that I'm not gonna hear. And then, so you make kind of, um, I don't want to resort, resort to uh, football, but call an audible at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you get and you kind of change it up there and just a little, it doesn't take a big, it doesn't have to be a big change necessarily.
2: We're back. And as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, we were curious to hear more about Katie Churchwell's pop-up prayer project. So we've got her here online with us. Um, welcome to the way of love, Katie. Hey, thanks for having me. So to begin, can you tell us a little bit about what Papa Prayer is and how the project got started?
3: You know, it happened, I can't say by accident, but it happened by force of nature. In the summer of 2017, Florida, where I live in Florida and St. Petersburg, the whole west coast of Florida was preparing for Hurricane Irma. And so people were anxious and were... Well, you know, freaking out, and I was right there along with them. I'm from Arizona, and we don't get hurricanes in, in, in landlocked states, so this was my first uh, my first hurricane. And when the hurricane started to get closer, we, for safety reasons, shut down the church, just like everywhere else in the city, shut down and. I realized that that actually didn't make anxiety go away. Like my anxiety did not shut down. My need for community and for comfort did not shut down. And so I took a leaf out of of the book from my friends in Houston who modeled what you do during a hurricane and you get to where people can be, which when buildings are closed and you're not allowed to be out on the streets, that's gonna be on Facebook. I started doing devotions in the morning and in the evening, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., which worked really well when I literally had nothing else to do uh, other than sit around and wonder if this was when the roof was gonna blow off. We got really lucky in St. Pete, and when the hurricane was over, And I thought, oh, that's it. And I was wrong. I stopped doing it for a while, actually. But I kept getting these messages from people saying, I just went and bought a book of common prayer for me to use while I'm at work and you come on pop-up prayer. Or you know, what time are you going to be coming on tonight? And I realized that it had become something for people that I hadn't anticipated. It Mm. became a, a discernment process for me about what I could actually do logistically. I have Uh, You know, I work full time. I have two small kids. As I started to ponder about, you know, what people were asking me to do and could we keep doing, um, you know, these devotions on Facebook, I realized that the 8 a.m., 8 p.m. model wasn't going to work for me. Honestly, anyone who has kids in their house will tell you that 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. are the worst times to do anything.
1: (laughs) We should be praying for you at 8 a.m. and 8 (laughs) p.m.
3: Well, you know, side note of pop-up prayer, I get a lot of people who send me their prayers and I am so (laughs) grateful for them. (laughs) Um, But so that's where pop-up prayer came from was it started out as a necessity and then it became how do we continue to build relationship with each other and build a connection, which is really what... I've encountered being people's deepest need is a connection to other people and to God. The one of the top questions I get from people is what time is pop-up prayer? And I say generally in the evening, but that's the pop-up part. Like I pop up Mm -hmm. on Facebook and you don't know what time is going to happen and you don't know what kind of prayer thing you're going to get and you don't know how long it's going to last and that's sort of the beauty of it is that every single, every single pop-up prayer has a different community that's gathered for it.
1: Katie, that makes me wonder a little bit about how do you sort of create a, a prayerful space on, on social media?
3: You know, to be honest, it feels really natural. Pop-up prayer is always, always A piece of my life, Um, so it's in my kitchen. Generally, is where I plop down to go do them, and a lot of my reflections are drawn off of my daily experiences. And so, you know, I it's no different than you know when you pray, Kyle, or you pray, Sandy. It's it is where it is, where it is when you do it.
2: That's that I love that. I love when you say that it feels natural for you. Because as I watch some of the clips that online on Facebook, um, that I got that sense that it's genuine and that is we get a piece of you, we get to experience to be part of your life for a couple of minutes. Um some some episodes are 17 minutes, some episodes are are, are five minutes or whatever, but we get to be part of your family and even meet your family, which I think it's kinda cool. So what kind of need do you think this public prayer uh, meets for people that join in and maybe even for you?
3: So much of people's lives are lived wearing masks, whether that's being having to be perfect, whether that's being the workaholic, whether that's I'm the great mom, whether that's the, I'm the great priest, or even the mask of I have my life pulled together. And the truth is, is that none of us Ever really have it all together all of the time. When you get to see someone be authentic to themselves, it invites you to be authentic to who you are as well. And then, after you've been invited into being authentically you, the number two need that is met through pop up prayer that I have encountered is people desire and long for connection with other people and with God. The connection with people, it's fascinating because normally people, I think our knee-jerk reaction is to say, you can't have connection with people on social media because it's not real life. Um, And that's just not true. Um, But I found that in pop-up prayer, people pray for each other. They respond to each other. They, you know, through the little smiley face or the laughing face or the heart, they get to engage and interact with each other in a way that is surprisingly deep. You know, lastly, this connection with God, which for me is, you know, a big driving factor about as to why I do pop-up prayer. I can't tell you the number of times that people send me messages saying, no one has ever told me that they that they love me. And every single night I go on pop-up prayer and not only you know, do you tell me every single night that I'm loved, but you tell me that I'm loved just the way that I am. And it is also just remarkable how God is able to work through this creation of sacred space on Facebook. You know, the ones that get the highest like ratings in terms of viewership are the ones that I do where I'm cooking. <laughs> well, actually, no, I take that back. The one that was the most popular <laughs> was when the presiding bishop came on. <laughs> so, you know, numbers never to be reached again unless he comes back on. Um, but but after that, um, yeah, the cooking lesson ones, and I just, I can't figure it out. But those are lots of the ones that go really bad because I've planned them out and I know what I'm going to make and then I burn it or... I forget a step. Like one time I was um, blind baking my quiche, my my pie crust, and forgot to like, you have to pop it back into the refrigerator or the freezer before you put it into the oven. Otherwise, it will completely fall down. It'll just melt. And yep, that definitely happened. So for dinner that night, my kids had scrambled eggs with a side of pie crust. <laughs> Yeah, well, talking about Bishop Curry, I don't know if you
2: if you if you knew that you became his uh, method of praying while he was
3: recovering from his surgery. Well, so when it was the fiftieth anniversary of the Diocese of Southwest Florida, he he came and he came to our convention and you know preached and presided and taught and he did a, a you know a clergy only event the day before, um, and so I was late though so I sort of was sitting in the back there. And was listening to him talk, and of course he's very engaging and wonderful. And and someone asked him about his prayer life, and so he, you know, he talks about doing the daily office and things like that. And he said, "Oh yeah," and I, I think it's my sister sitting right there in the back. She does this thing called Pop Up Prayer, and um, just called me out in front of you know all of my clergy colleagues, <laughs> um, which was how I found out that he watched Pop Up Prayer. Um, which was great and wonderful because I'd sort of been sitting back there and I was like, "Mm, if it comes up, I think I might ask him if he'll come beyond pop-up prayer. And then once he said that, I was like, oh, he's definitely getting asked. It was this great moment. I'm not trying to like drive up views on it, but I do encourage people to watch it because you see me geek out and like be giddy in a way that is just utterly embarrassing, but utterly authentic I did not know that up until that moment that he watched it, and he explained to me how it was either his daughter or his granddaughter set up the notification for him on his phone, so that way it would go off when I when Pop Up Prayer came on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that my ministry has some longevity to it. You know, I'm only in my 30s, so I'm hoping I've got some more highs to come. But at least so far, that um, was an absolute high for my ministry to be able to share. Prayer with Bishop Curry.
1: Well, Katie, it has been wonderful getting to chat with you, and uh, hope we'll have you back on the show sometime in the future.
3: Well, thanks for having me on. Anyone who would love to connect with Pop Up Prayer um, and to experience it—if you search on Facebook for Katie Churchwell or Pop Up Prayer—you uh, will find it. And every day, we are there talking about life and talking about God and praying with each other.
1: And that wraps it up for this episode. The show was produced by Sandy Millen and me, Kyle Oliver. I handled the editing as well. Special thanks to Anna Hernandez for providing our theme and reflection music. Check out her website at annahernandez.org.
2: You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts and we would love it if you rate and review it or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contribute music, a prayer, or feedback, write us at wayoflove at
1: episcopalchurch.org. This is Hillary Raining from Gladwin, Pennsylvania. Lord God, may we follow Christ's teaching, coming before you with humble hearts, boldly offering our thanksgivings and concerns to you, and listening for your voice in our lives and in the world. Whether in thought, word or deed, individually or corporately, create an awareness within us that when we pray, we invite and dwell in your loving spirit. Amen.
0: The way of Jesus is the way of love and the way of love can change the world.